Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Today's Issues, everybody. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good, morning. Good to I be will, here. I will be eating Tim's popcorn in his absence. Okay, you got to stretch like Tim does. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now, where where is Tim? That's what was that? Something to do with Mississippi State? Oh yeah, yeah, the College World Series. There he is. And what is he ever glad he went? Oh my oh. goodness, Mississippi State. Beat Vanderbilt in game two mm-hmm. of the best of three mm-hmm. series. It's now tied up one to one, but they won was thirteen to two. Yeah, it was a wipeout. Yeah. I went to bed when it was eight to one because it was it had like a two hour rain delay. And I thought, um, I can't the, 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 I think they've got it. I'm not gonna stay up till midnight. But uh they got I'll tell you, God was was in it for Tim and his wife Allison because it's kind of a roll of the dice, if I can use that expression. They got two seats behind uh, home plate. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know where they'll be tonight. But yeah. anyway, they they obviously enjoyed it. I did catch a glimpse of them mm-hmm. a time or two because you could, you could see them. Was he the eating ca- popcorn? <laughs> I, I couldn't. I, he, one time he was looking down at his phone. So. <laughs> so, but his wife Allison was giving it to the umpires uh, who were uh, checking the uh, first lady. <laughs> yes, the first lady. So, anyway, uh, I'm glad that they got a chance to go and uh, they're enjoying it. And once in a lifetime opportunity, and to see your team win a huge game in such overwhelming fashion. Worth the, what did he say? Seven hundred miles. I think that's what he said. It was close to seven hundred miles to Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, if you're listening, Tim, have fun tonight and go dogs. And I'm not even a I'm not even a Mississippi State fan. I don't get into the Mississippi State Ole Miss um, rivalry. I was going to say hostility, but okay. rivalry. We'll, we'll leave it at that. We have to be careful because Adam might cut our mics. Ole Miss fan, Adam. Okay, all right. Well, folks, uh, we do have some actual news to discuss today. And, uh, Chris, you are our Fred today. Yes, I'm playing the role of Fred Jackson. Um, President, uh, Former President Trump is going to be on the U.S.-Mexico border today at the invitation of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. This was announced weeks ago, um, to say the, to be, to be safe, weeks ago. Um, Greg Abbott, of course, is not happy with how the Biden administration has handled the border crisis, and it is indeed a border crisis. Millions of people still are crossing the border illegally, uh, sometimes dropping children off at the border unattended. Well, we, sh- we should say thousands. Thousands, Thousands, yes. yeah. Um, so President Trump uh, is going to be visiting uh, the U.S.-Mexico border today. And I do have some sound here, as you would imagine. This is getting a lot of people talking. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to I want to begin with uh, Sean Hannity. He was on Fox and Friends today, and he credited uh, former President Trump for fixing the border crisis. And Hannity says uh, Democrats are making it worse. Clip one. The problem is severe, but Trump had fixed it. This problem was resolved. Now we're about to hit a 25, 30 year high of illegal immigrants yeah. in the country. And and we're not even we're not we're not even deporting illegal criminal immigrants in this country. Now, 
Trump's visit today on the border does follow the visit from one Vice President Kamala Harris. She was in the El Paso area last week, and there was that uh, Democratic representative that referred to it as the new Ellis Island in the capital of the border and uh, stuff like that. We aired those clips on our newscast. Um, but Trump definitely is uh, one of the best-known, most-talked-about people here, and this will certainly get a lot of news coverage. But as we were talking about uh Prior to the program, some news outlets really haven't gone into great detail covering this, which is kind of puzzling because you do have a controversial public figure, in this case, former President Trump. Why in the world would you not report this? Um, well, Fred, I, I, I think the answer is uh, obvious. First of all, uh, the news media, mainstream news media, absolutely hates Donald Trump. Yes. So they're not going to do anything that's going to... Uh, uh, increase his visibility in case the former president runs for re-election. But I think the real reason is because they are covering for the current administration yes. and the fact that it took the vice president, what was it, 80-something days mm -hmm. to finally make it down to the border, maybe in the 90s. I think it was 93. 93. Yeah. Um, that President Trump showing up at the border makes the Biden administration look bad for a number of different reasons. It makes them look incompetent, makes it clear that they don't care about what's happening down at the border, that they do not think it's a, uh, that it's a problem. And they, the mainstream media does not want to highlight the difference between, as Hannity said, a president who solved the border crisis and one who's making it worse. Well, a, a couple of notes. If you're, if you were an unbiased reporter, this is a fun story to cover. It really is. You've got the personality of Donald Trump. He's going back to the border for the first time since he left office. He can stand there and he can get in the face of the Democrats and say, this is what it was like, folks, back when I was in office. Look at this beautiful wall. Right. And here's a big gap because Joe Biden decided to end construction. I mean, the, the, the visuals in this are going to be absolutely incredible for a reporter who just wants to cover this story. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you've got the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, who can come on and repeat saying the state of Texas is going to spend $250 million, Mr. Former President, to continue the wall that you started. Right. Because we now see the mess that Joe Biden's decision to end construction of the wall is created. Texas is being overrun, and the Republican governor of Texas can say, and I even have friends in the Democratic Party representing districts down here who are just as upset as I am. Like I said, this would be a fun story. And then there is the very sad and tragic side of this that Donald Trump can talk about today of all these precious little children being dumped over walls. There's the latest story this morning a little two-year-old boy abandoned on the side of the road in Mexico. A group coming up from El Salvador leaves his precious little two-year-old boy behind. He can talk about that. This, and he can lay this right at the feet of President Joe Biden. And honestly, Democrats can't argue this. This kind right. of stuff was not happening under Donald Trump. And, and as you pointed out, if you're the news media, the mainstream media, we always want to try to differentiate between the mainstream media and conservative media. But if you're the mainstream media um, and are a media arm of the Democratic Party, mm. why would you cover yeah. this, like you said? Because all those issues yeah. that you raised, Fred, are going to be in people's minds 
as they see the coverage. And by the way, I, I don't. I think it's fair to say that the border issue is what catapulted Donald Trump mm-hmm. ahead of the pack mm-hmm. when he was running for president. Mm-hmm. You remember in, in that debate that you know with with a lot of establishment Republicans on the stage, he said, "I'm going to build a wall. I wish I could imitate him." Mm-hmm. And Mexico's going to pay for it, and that is all everyone talked about mm-hmm. for for weeks. So that this is his issue, yes, uh, probably more than any other issue. This is what made candidate Donald Trump into president. Donald Trump. So. He can say today, "I told you so." Yes, over and over and over again. You don't build the wall. This is what's going to happen. Here's the evidence. Yep. All well, right. Well, That's happening today, a, you said, right? It is, okay. yes, happening today. Uh, Newsmax had a big segment on it uh, just a minute ago as we were talking about the uh, the issue. Um, f- let's go from the border to police. Um, Democrats are now trying to tell people that Republicans are actually the ones in favor of defunding the police, and this is all based on their objections to President Biden's uh, various plans to do this and that for American society and government and uh, stuff like that. Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, really just laid into Republic or Democrats. Uh, this is a video of Cruz last night aired on Hannity, and Cruz just ripped Democrats for saying the GOP is the one wanting to defund police. Clip two. For them to run out and claim that it's Republicans who want to defund the police, that's like an arsonist showing up at the fire and blaming the firemen. That's like the Chinese blaming the Americans for the Wuhan virus. That's like OJ saying he's going to help find the real killer. That's like Democrats saying they're the ones that want to build the wall. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And they know it. But you know what? They're also counting on the media, all encircling Joe Biden and saying, poor Uncle Joe, he doesn't want to abolish your police. Well, last time I checked, Bill de Blasio, the Democratic mayor of New York, campaigned on defunding the police, cut a billion dollars from the NYPD. And you know what? de Blasio was standing on that same Democratic stage with Joe Biden. Well, I'm just really kind of stunned. As much as politics gets under my skin in terms of the lies that go on, and as our president, Tim Wildman, is fond, fond to say, rightfully so, Democrats aren't the only politicians that lie. Mm-hmm. Politicians, many politicians, tell half-truths at least, or they shade the truth in order to make themselves or their ideas look better. But for the for Democrats to turn try to turn this around, Fred, and blame Republicans for this is beyond laughable. It seems to indicate some sort of uh, lunacy setting in. If I, I can't believe they're serious, but that you know, Ted Cruz, Senator Cruz has a good point. Who's gonna Who's gonna make a, a big deal out of it? It'll just be conservative media. In most cases, you're already talking to people who understand who was behind this. But any kind of outlandish lie gets swept under the rug. Well, listen. Uh, I happen to be watching uh, the uh, news conference at the White House the other day when the Fox reporter. Uh, uh, Steve, what's Steve? It's Steve uh, Ducey. Steve Ducey's son, Peter Ducey. Peter, Peter, Peter Ducey. Asked the question uh, because Republicans are pointing out you have a growing amount of violence mm-hmm. in all of these Democrat-controlled cities, and he says, you know, uh, it's it's Democrats that are leading to this increased violence because they're defunding police. 
Jen Psaki, the spokesperson, stands there and says, well, actually, it's the GOP's fault uh, that that police are being defunded. And she tried to connect it to uh, the $1.9 trillion mm-hmm. plan. And she said there's money in there to to give to police departments. No, 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 no. No, there is no money in there for police departments. Show me that line that was in that plan. It's just not there. Uh, Chris, I know, know you have a montage. Yes. Proof, proof that it is Democrats and has been Democrats for the last year that are advocating. Mm-hmm. And the last voice you're going to hear is now the vice president of the United States. This was a, almost a year ago now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hear her voice. Listen for it. But in front of that, there's going to be a bunch of other Democrats calling the, for defunding. The last voice you hear is the vice president. The mm-hmm. last voice you hear is going to be Kamala Harris right. from about a year ago, proudly saying we have to do something about police funding. In our communities, which have historically been divested, not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? That is now the current vice president of the Mm -hmm. United States, Kamala Harris, speaking about, you know, a third of the budget is for police. we got to have another look at this. So the the most recent ask from President Joe Biden and the Democratic Party in terms of whatever you call it, stimulus, infrastructure bill, the big $1.9 trillion, that didn't have any – there's not Police a line. Money. There's not a line in there saying we're designated twenty billion dollars to uh, make sure that your police departments are funded to the level that they should be. Well, I'm just I'm shocked, shocked that they're that the Democrats, that Jen Psaki would would lie about that. But I, I'm I'm not surprised that they would try to tie funding the police to passing their big grab bag infrastructure bill yeah you, you better pass it if you really believe in funding the police that's that's a, a typical strategy well the, the, the look on peter Ducey's face after jen Psaki gave that that response yeah. was like you've got to be kidding me you've got to be kidding me. well again that's her job uh chris that her job is to spin mm-hmm. and and any press secretary that's that's their job my understanding is press secretaries oftentimes aren't in important meetings because they don't want to know what was actually said so that they don't have to specifically lie. Yeah. They can be vague. But even then, it's you know it's interesting because you are the spokesperson for the president. You are the press secretary relaying information, answering questions. You should be in those meetings, even if you don't want to know everything that they're talking about yeah. because you're supposedly speaking for that person. But contrast the days when we had uh, Donald Trump as president of the United States – and I think it was Kaylee McEnany 
uh, maybe it was Jim Acosta of CNN, I think her first day on the job, I believe it was Kaylee McEnany, and Jim Acosta of CNN says, do you promise today always to tell us the truth? Said right to her face, do you, as if uh, you have a plan to lie to us. Right. There wasn't one reporter the other day other than Peter Ducey who said, hey, I, I got a question for you. What do you mean? that that $1.9 million, uh, trillion dollar package, there's money in there for police. What are you talking about? Can you, can you show us in that plan where it mentions funding police departments? Well, and I, I also guarantee, I don't know this for a fact, I'm just guessing based on the track record, I'll bet nobody from CNN asked Jen Psaki if she plans, promise, no. you promise that you'll tell the truth from here on out. I've never heard. I think I would have seen the video of that. Right. All right, Chris, what's next? Well, let's do this uh, because, you know, President Biden, a lot of people are still talking about him whispering. Like, what's up with that? Why is he doing it? It did continue a little bit yesterday. Uh, The president was in Wisconsin to try to get more support for this infrastructure bill that he has agreed to with uh, a bipartisan group of uh, senators. And uh, so what you're going to hear here is a little bit of last week when he was whispering to reporters and then yesterday, when he starts whispering to reporters again, clip four. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Why would I not be for it? Pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. Hey, guys. I think it's time to give ordinary people a tax break. Ordinary people got a tax break on Christmas in 2017 when President Trump and Congress passed the uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But what, I'm what, just a reporter. What, what's what is the deal with the whispering? It's I, very I, condescending. I, I I don't. I just thinking. You know, if I'm a handler for Joe Biden, it's like under my breath, get the hook. And well, get them off the, stage. The, the first, the first one we did, and we played this, I think, yesterday or mm-hmm. Monday or something. But uh, I, I, I will give a little bit of room to the president and and say, well, maybe what he was doing was he was telling the media, "Hey, I've got a secret for you. I was actually the one who's you know got them to to do it." I, I can kind of understand that. It's still kind of bizarre. I think the reaction of the media was that they thought it was bizarre, but now he's doing it again. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure what's what's going on. Yeah, there. Todd Starnes um, had something to say about the initial whispering thing, and and that of course followed the "I'm going to get in trouble if I keep taking questions from you people." Like you know, who who is getting on to you? You are the president of the United States. You say and do what you want to, regardless of what your staff says. In the case of the whispering thing today, Sean Hannity, and I know we played a clip of him earlier today. I do not have this audio. But Sean Hannity talked to Fox and Friends about the whole whispering thing, and he referred to President Biden as President Sippy Cup based on him acting like a child and then um, allowing people to control him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to uh, – I know we talked – I've thought about this a little bit since we talked about this in our story meeting. I don't, I don't like Sean Hannity. I, I don't like that nickname for, for, for the president. I, I I don't know. I may just be Fred. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. I, I, I just, uh, to I, me, I, I think you're struggling with the fact that it is the office of the president. Yes, and and I, you uh, want to respect that, right? 
I understand that completely. I think it is sad. And this goes back to the election campaign, and Tim said it many times and others. I thought it was really sad that his family, Joe Biden's family, did not stop him right. from running. He's a 78-year-old man. I, I tell you, I, I, I do that feel— That is true. I, I do yep. feel some sympathy uh, for Joe Biden. I, I'm, I'm watching his physical demeanor. Yeah. He looks like he's—like the other day, uh, this was hours after the condo collapsed down yes. in Florida. He was giving a news conference on something else. And Kamala Harris, vice president. He started to walk away. He started to walk away. And she kind of brushed by behind him saying, Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness I have the vice president. Mm -hmm. How could you forget about that? I think there are some mental faculty problems there. So, yeah, I feel sorry for him. Uh, I watch him how he walks now. He's walking like a very old man. Yeah. So I, 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 I feel for him. But I, I sure wish his his loved ones, his family, had said no. Being president of the United States is a demanding job. Yes. Remember Barack Obama? Everybody commented after eight years how gray. Yeah. Well, same thing happened to George man, Bush. Same hat. Yeah. Ha- yeah. They, 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 there's seven seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. I went gray in my twenties covering politics. <laughs> Just covering it. Well, I, that listen, all this is this is this is an excellent point and we did comment and i absolutely agree that that nobody around joe biden should have encouraged him to run but it goes to the desperation of the democratic party to defeat donald trump they had to get him out and you remember when bernie sanders was doing so well early on yes south carolina became you know the the last line of defense Mm -hmm. for anybody but the socialist yeah. Remember, you know, James Carville saying the former uh, Clinton con- uh, uh, staff uh, uh, person, he, he said, we can't have a socialist representing the Democratic Party. So Joe Biden became their last hope. Yeah. And I think they knowingly disregarded his uh, decrease mm-hmm. in capacity. Yes just because they knew they had to get Trump out. I, I think that's becoming more and more clear as we go on. There, in my, in my mind, there is no way. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would bet. I would guarantee that Joe Biden is not running for re-election. I don't, I don't see how he could possibly pull that off. Well, I'll tell you right now, if the Lord tarries and I live to see Joe Biden's age, I will not be running for office. Um, I'll be spending time with my kids. But you mentioned the uh, the interesting thing there about, you know, they wanted to they didn't want to make Bernie the nominee. Right. But after he ran in 2016 and got a lot of support, what did people in the party do after the election ended? They moved to the left on issues and started pushing things like Medicare for all and right. let's send everybody a check for everything under the sun kind of stuff. And then when he runs, they're like, well, we can't make him the face of the party, so let's get somebody else in there and then push our well, platforms on him. Yes. I, no, I, I think that's a, that's a, an accurate assessment. But there is a difference between electing to, between selecting a nominee who says outright, I am a socialist, yeah. and selecting someone who does not say that but who believes the same thing. I, I think that was the calculation. I've often been puzzled made. as to why they even let somebody who is an independent run as a Democrat. That's yeah. always boggled my mind. But. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, we are going to take a short break, folks. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. And when we come back, Abraham Hamilton III will be joining us for a segment. And, boy, we've got something to talk to you about. We mentioned it yesterday. Abe was handling it and has been handling it on his show. It has to do with some of the gender craziness that is going on in our culture. But that'll be after the break. It'll be short. It'll be quick. And then we'll be right back with more of today's issues. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Jan Markell of Understanding the Times Radio. Is there a great awakening or revival or both here in the church age, which clearly we're in the tail end of the church age, or would that great awakening be limited to the tribulation? Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio and on Facebook. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Apple pie is racist. That's the word from author and filmmaker Raj Patel writing for the Guardian newspaper about battles over what he calls food justice in the United States. Much like the Europeans colonized America, he said that apples were imported as well. He compared apple pie to the vast and ongoing genocide of indigenous people. He said that apple trees became markers for civilization, demonstrating the land had been improved. He also referenced Johnny Appleseed, who represented the westward expansion of the nation. Golden Delicious and Granny Smith, he says, stand as symbols that indigenous communities had been removed from their ancestral lands. The bloody and evil origins of the apple pie covered up by the nationalist slogan, as American as apple pie. Well, wait until Mr. Patel finds out most Americans enjoy a scoop of vanilla ice cream on their slice of racist pie. I'm Todd Stearns. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, 
for we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. And welcome back, folks. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Chris, let our listeners know a little bit about One News Now and OneNewsNow.com. Thank you very much. OneNewsNow.com is the print version of American Family News. At the top of every hour on this network and others that do air our newscasts, um, you hear American Family News. Those stories often wind up as print articles on OneNewsNow.com. We also have associated press content. There is a section called Latest from the Web that Rusty Pugh puts together. Uh, you can also find columns and AP videos, all kinds of stuff. So it's more than what you hear on the radio and some of what you heard on the radio at OneNewsNow.com. One of the big, really popular things that we have at the moment is an email news brief. You can sign up for that. Just enter your email address, and once a day, usually mid-afternoon, you'll get a compilation of five or six stories that our staff puts together to let you kind of know what's going on in the world to keep you informed in the event you are maybe a little busy and not paying as much attention to the news as some other folks. And that's once a day. So yes. they're not badgered. You yeah, know, once a day, you'll, you'll find out what's going on in the world, and we don't sell your email address. So if you do sign up for that with your email address, you're not going to get a ton of other messages from other people because we gave you, uh, we gave them your information. I, I get, and this goes to what you're saying. So wh- wherever I've been, and I have no idea how this happened, but I get. I get uh, emails mm-hmm. from people running for Congress, from President Trump. I mean, from from a lot of these uh, campaigns yes. that are even out of state. I couldn't vote for them if I wanted. They're just wanting money. So we all know how frustrating that can be. We do not play that game. Yeah. I got an email one time for somebody announcing like it was some kind of festival involving like beer and liquor. And I was like, what part about my – why am I getting this? But yeah <laughs> – I mean, you know, I guess they were just trying to, you know, do some outreach. I, I think, and I don't want to get sidetracked here, I think what they do is they look for the kinds of people that might drink. So even if you went to a sports website to look something up, they figure, ah, it's a guy. Yeah. He likes sports. He's a drinker. Yeah. And I think that's how they... Just to clear the record, coffee and Dr. Pepper for me, folks. That's as, that's as hard as it gets. It's, you know, I, four four gallons of coffee a day. <laughs> Good to go. Okay. Yes, you are. I'm sure. All right. I ran wa- here this morning. We want to. We want to welcome back Abraham Hamilton the third. No stranger to our listeners. He's general counsel and public policy analyst and host of the Hamilton Corner. Heard weekdays at 5 p.m. Central Time here on American Family Radio. Good morning, Abe. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, we're doing we're doing pretty good, even though we're going over the the news of the day. Now, folks, I do want to let you know <laughs> if you have youngsters mm-hmm. in the room, okay, or you're in the car and they're listening, uh, what we're about to talk to uh, Abe about is very controversial. It is uh, not probably for young ears, so. You might want to make some adjustments, send the kids out of the room or 
I don't know. If you're in the car with them, you, you may want to have to actually change it briefly. But um, what we want to talk to uh, Abe about, uh, Chris, is a story we mentioned yesterday. Mm-hmm. Why don't you set this up for Abe? Because Abe's been covering this on his program. Again, 5 p.m. Central Time, yes. the Hamilton Corner. Uh, and we do have a little bit of audio we do. before we pitch it to Just Abe. Just to give you a little bit of background here in case you were not familiar with this story. A few days ago at a place called We Spa in the Los Angeles area, uh, various women were there for kind of a, a girl's trip to the spa. And one of them realized that uh, there was a man in the women's area. The man was, he was not clothed. Um, he caused some concern for these women. And one of them did go and try to get something done about this. But the person at the counter who worked at the spa uh, said, you know, this is policy. This is law. We can't do anything about this. She was not happy about it. And another lady uh, demanded a refund. Clip six. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female, sweetie. Okay. Girls down there, other women who are highly offended for what they just saw. And you did nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, you sided with him. So we spa is an agreement with men that just say they are a woman and they can go down there and get into the women's section. Is that what you're saying? What? What? Really? What law? What law? Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't come back either. Yeah, get your money back. Okay, Abe, uh, the, what, we, what we didn't hear very well was that the, the people representing the spa, it was just hard to hear. They were talking about they were following the law. So can it be possible that in places like California, and maybe this is something that might spread around the country, that they really do in, in a situation like this, a spa, where they have to allow people, men who claim to be women, into uh, areas where women want their privacy? Well, things certainly seem to be trending in that direction. Uh, later in that same video uh, that, that went on for, for a, few, a few minutes, uh, someone from the Wee Spa finally came to the, the woman who was expressing her, her discontent and said, we should, we should never have allowed him in there. Hmm. So at the end of it, the, the security personnel came and said, uh, we never should have allowed that 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 man in there. And and you know when we say the women's section, it's one thing. You know some people may be familiar with spa, some may not. Uh, but this is an, a, a a spa in the area where the woman was talking about, where you have women who are who are naked. You know they're they're coming out of the shower, they're they're entering in this, into the shower. And this particular day, uh, there were little girls in the shower area who also saw this adult man's anatomy biological anatomy and it was amazing how the we spa staff attempted to say well we we can't discriminate we can't do this and because it 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 became more and more apparent uh that there was no um not any extensive conversation uh this is just uh, you know a, a man who said he's a woman and they let him go into that area and it it is uh, when you have things happening more and more like the Supreme Court's refusal to take the Gavin Grimm case, when you have uh, Neil Gorsuch's Bostic opinion, which in my estimation, the refusal to take the Gavin Grimm case very well may uh, indicate the implications from the Bostic opinion. If you recall, it was when Neil Gorsuch uh, 
was the author for the majority opinion, and they concluded, the Supreme Court did, a majority of the justices, that the word sex in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 in Title VII exclusively um, includes sexual orientation and gender identity. And I said when that opinion was rendered uh, that there there will be efforts to expand the application of that interpretation uh, to other areas of the law. Um, then you, 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 you have that uh, com- combined with what the Supreme Court did with the Gavin Grimm case, uh, which gives the indication that re- really the transgender bathroom mandate from Barack Obama has been resurrected. That, could just, potentially just briefly, have been. Just briefly ex- ex- explain that Grimm case. Just, just briefly. Yeah, the Gavin. Yeah, simply in Gloucester County, Virginia, Gavin Grimm is a uh, female who identified herself as a male and demanded to give, be given access to the male's restrooms and locker rooms. The school district attempted to accommodate Gavin Grimm numerous times, providing private spaces. Uh, Gavin Grimm didn't want any of that. He wanted it. She wanted to be allowed access to the men's restroom. Well, the case was appealed. The Fourth Circuit ruled in Gavin Grimm's favor. Uh, the Gloucester County School District appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court re- refused to hear the case, leaving in place the Fourth Circuit's opinion that says Gavin Grimm, a biological female, can use the male restroom, locker room, and changing facilities. Um, there is another case pending in the Eleventh Circuit that's almost identical to the Gavin Grimm case. Well, it remains to be seen whether or not the Supreme Court will take it up. Uh, but currently, appeal has been made to have the case heard on bonk, which the three judge panel ruled in favor of, again, a young lady who identifies herself as a male who wants to use a male's restroom. Um, and so an appeal has been pending for the entire 11th Circuit Court to hear the case. Uh, should that case, the 11th Circuit, either be ruled in the young lady's favor or the Supreme Court refuse to hear that case as well, then you would have. The Supreme Court giving an indication that it is embracing a, a legal status that would allow a biological man into women's facilities. So uh, to date, the WeSpa personnel was were incorrect in talking about this is the law um, as their security guard admit, admitted at the end. Uh, but this is where things are going. And in California, should things be a little bit different? Should there be some kind of expression of what some level of surgery uh, of operation hormones? Uh, taken and things of that nature uh, you could have had that we spa saying well this is what we are allowing and so this is where things are headed in our country abe it's fred here and i I just want to follow up on that because we are approaching the point where uh, a person under laws that are being considered can simply say i identify as a member of the opposite Mm -hmm. sex uh that is what i believe the biden administration wants simply to say identify. They're adding transsexuality to all their federal non-discrimination laws. So isn't Mm -hmm. it true we are headed in that direction? Let's say a year from now, there could be laws on the book in California that would protect the right of that male to do what he did. I I think you're right, Fred. And some could argue that there are some now um, depending on other things. In this instance, there were no additional showings. There were no uh, medical proofs. There were no other things. It was just, well, the guy said he was a female and they let him in. Uh, but should additional showings have been made, perhaps even in California right now, that may uh, potentially, potentially uh, be allowed. But without that, that's not the case so far. And and, and I just want to allow the listeners to know just how much we have entered crazy town. Uh <laughs> 
I prosecuted decency laws, indecent exposure. There are laws that prohibit uh, grown men from exposing their genitalia to children. Yes. It's called indecent exposure. You know, you have various across various states. You have laws that prohibit those things. This make no mistake about it. This is what happened in that uh, locker room at Wee Spa. I mean, you had a, a nine year old girl. You had 14 year olds. You had teenagers. You had children, girls in there who saw this. Then they, they, they can never unsee it. But because of the lunacy uh, that we have embraced in our society, we are now uh, passing off indecent exposure as a civil right. Yeah. Let that sink in for a moment. Mm. Well, Abe, um, just speak to, uh, just to our uh, our parents, for example, for just a minute. Just what what is it? What is it that they should be on the lookout for? What is it that they should be perhaps doing to equip their children for the, the if Crazy Town comes to their community? Well, the first thing I would heartedly suggest is to find out what is going on in your local school district. In many school districts across the country, parents are, are shocked to know that even though the, the Trump administration rescinded the Obama transgender bathroom mandate, many local school districts and local um, uh, school uh, school boards have adopted policies that allow for it. Um, you, you need to know what's going on. I, I would encourage parents to find out what is the school standard. What are they teaching in terms of sex ed? Uh, what curriculums are they using? Do you have an opt-out provision? A lot of parents are, are becoming shocked to know what exactly their children have already been taught. And 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 I would hate for parents to try to, to put toothpaste back in the tube, uh, not knowing that the toothpaste has been spewed out in the first place, uh, and, and noticing changes in things uh, in their children, but not knowing how where they came from or what to attribute them to. And so those are things you need to be on the lookout for. Um, and, and as I stated, when you have the Gavin Grimm, Grimm case combined with Gorsuch's Bostic opinion and you have a federal administration applying the Bostic opinion beyond the employment context, you literally have the, the, the fundamental reality that the Obama transgender bathroom mandate is being reinstituted in practice. It's not being announced in the form of guidance to from the Department of Justice and to the Secretary of Education, but it's being implemented in practice. Just yesterday, I played on my program audio where the Department of Education, the, the, the Education Secretary, Miguel Cardona, uh, implemented policies that could discipline teachers for teaching that there are only two sexes, that teachers could face discipline for that. And when questioned by that by a Republican congresswoman, Miguel Cardona said, I'm not answering your question. I refuse to answer your question because she asked him, well, if teachers can be disciplined for this, can you tell us how many sexes there are, how many genders there are? And he says, I'm not answering your question. And so when you see all of these things coming together and there were a lot of people who who were upset by the transgender bathroom mandate issued by former President Obama. What I am telling you is that in practice, this administration is implementing again and imposing it from the highest echelons of the Department of Education. All right, uh, Abe, uh, have you uh, made any decisions as to what your program is going to cover tonight? Are you still working on that? Or I'm still working on it. I'm, I'm doing some more prep and some more research into a couple things, so I haven't solidified that. Okay. But I, th- I still think it may be worth tuning into. It's, it'll, I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be great. Thank you, Abe. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great day. Thank That's you. Abraham Hamilton III, General Counsel, Public Policy Analyst, for American uh, Family Association, host of the Hamilton Corner, heard weekdays at 5 p.m. Central Time here on American Family Radio. Go ahead, you know, Fred. 
he made a very interesting point. Uh, Abe was uh, a prosecutor in Houston, Texas. And and New Orleans. And New Orleans Louisiana. prior to coming here. That, um, what was the, the legal term there? He prosecuted cases of... Uh, exposure, you mean? Yeah, exposure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just to go back to the spa case the other day, if that guy had done at a Little League baseball field instead of that spa, he could have been arrested. Yes, of course. Uh, uh, For indecent exposure. Of course, a a a, a, uh, a woman who says she's a biological woman could also have been arrested. Yep. So out in public, I understand what you're saying. Out in public, that would probably be a little bit of a different thing. It wouldn't matter what, what you claimed about your gender. No one's allowed to expose themselves out in public. But to your point, it would be prosecuted for indecent exposure even inside a, a private business. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if it was done at a big box store. Right. You know, that person could have been arrested. But the the way the initial response from the management of that spa was a result of what they have been seeing in the media. Yes. And what has been advocated by the Democrat state government in California. That guy who was standing behind the desk, and you can see the video of this, he obviously was under the understanding, well... The law protects this guy. You can't discriminate against transgender. Yes. I, I th- I'm actually surprised that security came and apologized to the ladies. Yeah. I don't know whether they were being sincere or not. They may have just wanted to make sure they come back for, you know, to, to you know, to patronize the business. But I, I think the way California's law reads, you, they, the spa could have gotten in more trouble by telling the man, no, you can't go back there because we don't think you're a woman. Yeah, because you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of being transgender, and it's mm-hmm. all about the claim. Yeah. I say I am. Right. Well, that's, that I, makes I, me a woman. I think that member of management has been indoctrinated. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the point I'm getting yeah. to. Has been indoctrinated by everything they're saying in the media, by what probably Governor Newsom is saying in California that right. we must protect transsexual rights. He's probably heard all of this. And so in his mind was, I, I can't stop this guy. Right. What, what am I going to do? Because what am I going to do? Because he claims to be a woman. Well, you know, and you guys talked about the Gavin, the, the Grimm case involving Grimm. the woman who says she's a man and wanted to use the men's restroom there in Virginia. Uh, that individual is now 22 years old. Right. This, uh, this, 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 yeah. She was in high school. I Filed think. it years ago, and it just now got to the Supreme Court and got decided. So she's not even in the high school where she wanted this to happen. And the school said you can use a private restroom but she said no i want to use a man's restroom because i believe i'm a man yeah that, that's that, we learned that during the target boycott mm-hmm. uh because target made a big splash and well, they were patting themselves on the back because they were opening up their bathrooms you use whatever bathroom you want to use okay well what we found out was that when target offered a, a some sort of a compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the transgender activists didn't want it, Be- and here's why: because they were uh, offering, and the offer sometimes goes out. Well, we'll have uh, single occupant mm-hmm. bathrooms available, and you see them in, in stores sure. where you, they have male or female on there. Anyone can use it, but there's one only one person at a time. They don't want to be forced to use those, the transgender people, because they want the store or they want whatever, the school, 
to agree with them that they are the gender they say they are. And if you say to a girl Mm -hmm. in the Gavin Grimm case, you can't use the boy's bathroom because you're not a boy. Yeah. Use this bathroom over here. They say, no, I am a boy. You're discriminating yeah. against me. You're not, you're not telling other boys they have to use right. a single sex. And in the numerous cases involving a man who was found in the women's dressing area at Targets in various parts of the country using cameras or installing cameras to take pictures of women and young girls changing clothes or what have you, I interviewed Walker about these situations, and really there was nothing – that you could do, you could do as an employee to say, sir, you can't come here. This is the women's dressing room. That person said he was a female. You had to let him in. And 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 let me do say one of the things we stressed with the target boycott was we were not saying that the transgender people would necessarily mm-hmm. be the ones who would take pictures. It was yeah. that predators taking would advantage taking of the advantage of the policy. Yes. And that's exactly what would happen yeah. over and over again. And I'll tell you, folks, Ed's not making that up. He wouldn't do that anyway. But I, I know for a fact, more than once, because I interviewed Ed about these Target stories, Ed mentioned that same exact thing that he just said. Yeah. All right. What else we got here? Well, uh, the Gwen Berry uh, athlete situation. Uh, Gwen Berry is the one that uh, decided not to acknowledge, um, participate really in the uh, ceremonies there involving the national anthem at the uh, uh, sporting event. Um you know, a lot of people have said, look, if you don't like an area, you can go compete in a, for another country. You can move, what have you. She is now saying, look, I, I've never said I hate America, um, but she does take great exception to lyrics involving the national anthem. And that was the situation um, that prompted her to uh, not recognize the flag. She put something over her head saying athlete, activist, uh, things of that nature. But I want to bring in some audio here from Gwen Berry herself, clip five. I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. All I said was I respect my people enough to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank period. If you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and and piltered all over the floor. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. It's obvious. There's no there's no question. Now that part is being disputed right now, uh, saying she's taking out of context and, and piecing different things together involving uh, the paragraph. I pulled it up here uh, from the Smithsonian's website. It says, and where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. She says that's being disrespectful to black Well, um, now my understanding is, and, and this th- this has been an accusation against the national anthem for a number of years, this mm-hmm. third uh, stanza. My understanding is that the clear intent of the stanza is that that flag and this country would protect those who were uh, being persecuted or, or what have you. It wasn't, in other words, it was not promoting slavery. It was saying those from other countries could be protected. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. This, her, opinion there is is being disputed and it is disputed I, yeah. uh, so anyway that's 
Um, Fred, you got any comments uh, about the well? It, it just it just goes to let. I wish Gwen Berry and others would deal with where we are today. We can all go back in history, and we probably can find things that offend us about something that happened in the past. But where are we today in this country? Where are we with opportunity for all people, regardless of their skin color? I, I and and I'm amazed that. The argument is being driven by things that happened many years ago, and for some reason, uh, it's affecting me today. No, it's not. To uh, give you another example, I read this story yesterday. Robert L. Johnson, in case you don't know who that is, that's the founder of the Black Entertainment Television Network, and he is America's first black billionaire. The story says he wants a check. He wants a reparation check. He wants it for the government, and he wants it to come with an apology for slavery, Jim Crow, and he said hundreds of years of racism, all right? Now, he says the new reparations that he wants is he wants critical race theory taught in our education system. He wants a housing grant program. Uh, he wants uh, and points to a $5 billion targeted support and debt relief for black farmers, and on and on and on he goes. He is a billionaire. Not a millionaire. He is a billionaire. He has been able to do that because of the freedoms of this country. And yet, and yet, I, he's saying, I still find fault, and I still believe people are people today, living today, are owed billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, for things, problems that have been corrected. I, I just... As I say, we can all go back and point to things that have happened in our own past. But, you know, let's live for today and live for tomorrow. Well, I can just say this. Uh, Gwen Berry is, we're not getting rid of the Star Spangled Banner, no. the national anthem. Somebody here recently said we need to get rid of the flag. We're not getting rid of the flag. We can't afford reparations. It's extremely complicated to figure out who gets what, even if we could afford it. And, frankly... The number of groups worldwide who have been done wrong goes beyond just black people or Native Americans in this country. All right. You have my my mom's family, Greek, persecuted by the Turks for 500 years. Where do you stop? All right. Anyway, folks, we're going to take a five minute break for news. When we come back more on today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.